Hey guys, this episode of the podcast is brought to you by our new sponsor, DrainPour. Mike, did you hear that the Wall Street Journal suggested saving money by skipping out and buying breakfast stouts? No, man, I didn't hear that. Well, it's a true story. I read all about it on their new go-to site for craft beer-related news. That is DrainPour. They were the first to report that brewing jobs are in danger of being replaced by artificial intelligence, which a week later turned out to be true. And... Um, DrainPour is a brand new uh, website, brand new Instagram follow. Um, they report only on the serious news in the craft beer industry. Um, I heard this from an, uh, my old bottle share buddy. I met him online um, at a beer release, and he, he kind of sent me the link. So visit DrainPour.beer, DrainPour.beer to stay up to date on the latest happenings in the craft beer community or follow them on Instagram at DrainPourBeer. Very informative. Very sophisticated. That is drain poor beer. Hey, everybody. This is Kyle True, professional bowler, and you are listening to Verbal but Shenanigans. shenanigans are cheeky and fun. Yeah. I mean, his shenanigans are cruel and tragic. Which makes them not shenanigans at all, really. Evil shenanigans. I swear to God, I'll pistol whip the next guy that says shenanigans. Hello, everybody. Welcome on back to the show. Um, very happy to be back with you guys, and it's been a been a star-studded year here at Verbal Shenanigans. And I'm just talking about me and Mike. Where do you where do you hear some of the guests that we had? I, I, I get mad every week, Scott. You put on guests. I'm like, Scott, I'm enough. Why why are you giving the audience non-burlu time? That's that's very rude of you. Well, if you haven't picked up on it, I'm still calling you a guest on the show. There's always a chance for you to get the old heave ho and i bring uh, i bring my 12 year old niece on bring yeah, her, bring her back you're gonna you're gonna give me the full-time contract it's gonna happen one day scott i got a fingers crossed well i got a surprise maybe when you come to jersey you know maybe i'll pr- put that piece of paper in front of you you sign <laughs> all of a sudden all of a sudden these these big debit charges come out of your account once a month you're like what the what the hell did i sign <laughs> oh, why did i give him my credit card number that made no sense when i signed that 550 bucks a month to be on the podcast it seems a little steep uh, man yeah i'm worth way more than that how mm-hmm. dare you I'm, I'm doubling your payments but anyway welcome on back everyone we're coming off a very fun episode if you didn't tune in last week with um <clears throat> adele Berte. she was uh I don't even know. It's very hard to be like, oh, we had Adele Berte on. She did this because it's, <clears throat> she did like 800 different things. But some of those uh, things would be like singing for Whitney Houston and Tears for Fears and um, writing books, making movies for Playboy and a million things. So very fascinating interview. So go um, go back and check that out. But, but happy to be back another week. I feel like 2020 what is it 23 is our 23 is our is our year here mike it's our year Mm. you know new year new year new me you know well a new age 
It's a new it's happy birthday, Scotty. Thank you, buddy. Thank you, buddy. We are recording this uh, a day after my birthday. Mm-hmm. Birthday was good. Didn't have to work. Got a lot of snow here in Jersey, so it was finally nice to not not go to work and, and take the kid out in the snow and make us. It was like perfect snowman snow. Um, I was seeing it. You guys got hit by decent amount but it was like that compact snow yeah wasn't it, it was, so it might have been like four inches but it was that like wet snow where it was packed instantly so i made i made a giant snowman within like eight minutes and my son's attention span is about that so snowman was built grabbed an old scarf that apparently my wife still uses she's like she's like Oh, you didn't put your scarf on there. I'm like, I don't even have a scarf. I have a scarf somewhere packed away from years ago. But I'm like, you haven't worn this in years. Oh, you got to use my scarf on the snowman. I'm like, well, I found it in a bin in the basement. We've been here now for six months. It hasn't been open. And I don't think even in the old house where we're there for three years, it was open. And then I don't think in the two places we rented before it was possibly open. Yeah, she seems very personal with her scarves and all. Is it a collection thing? Is it like this is what's going to pay for our son's college education? The scarf being in pristine condition. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I'm sitting there like I would, I would give that snowman any scarf he he really needed. Like I, I'd give him like a if someone gave me like, like a coach scarf or a or a Louis Vuitton scarf. It's still going on the snowman. It's like the finishing piece to the snowman. I don't remember a time ever where I'm like, it's so cold, I need a scarf. Because even, like, if it's cold, I just, like, you know, bunch up the coat a little higher. No, I've never been the full-time scarf. No, guy. not a big scarf. The only scarves I own, I have a Liverpool soccer scarf and, like, a U.S. men's mm-hmm. team scarf. But those are, like, more, like, decorative and for, like, fun, you know? Yeah, but, I have one for uh, Washington. It's the old name, so I don't bring it out that much. So, uh, What was the old name again? Uh, something with the coloring of uh, certain organs on people. You oh, know, oh, gotcha, gotcha. Uh, skin. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. I think. Yeah. But anyway, good to be back. Berla, what do you got? Well, I mean, since it's your birthday, I mean, you're not a big, like, birthday celebration guy, I'm are not, you? Not at all. No. No. Like, are, are you getting... In fact, me and my friend summed this up the other day very well. Like, I don't mind celebrating my birthday, but I get, like anxious about other people celebrating my birthday like oh my god your birthday let's do this this and this and people say happy birthday by like the 10th happy birthday i'm like oh thank you thank you and it's not because i'm not grateful like i'm very grateful for that but i'm kind of like i don't like that spotlight on me like oh you know like there's you know like, like it's the same way like with comedy shows and comedy clips or even the podcast like self-promotion is hard for me like i don't know like mm. I, I do it because i know it's important but like i'm not the guy who's blasting out a comedy flyer every time i'm on a show i don't i don't put dates up that much i don't put clips out too much because i'm not like come see me come see like i feel like i'm inconveniencing someone in some way mm, well i mean i got some like birthday traditions that i got in front of here maybe we can change your mind and all scott i mean Next year's like the landmark one. It's pretty big. It's zero. pretty big. Yep. So, so we might have to prepare some celebrations for you. And are you are you willing to open your mind to some of these, Scott? All right, I'd be open to seeing what I would be into, possibly. Okay. Well, maybe you can have a Caribbean birthday. That sounds um, fun. 
Yeah, in many regions of the Caribbean, most commonly Jamaica, an individual of any age can expect to have their birthday celebrated by having huge amounts of flour thrown at them by family and friends. See, when you said Caribbean birthday, I'm like, okay, we're going to go down to Jamaica, all-inclusive, sit on the beach, maybe get a babysitter for a couple of days, you know, and no. really kick off kick off the... Flower uh, face Brennan. That's what I expect. <laughs> so I they just douse me in flour. That's my birthday tradition. Yeah. What's worse is the really unlucky ones will be covered in water first, making it extremely difficult to remove the flour. So while yeah. you're at like Kirk's and take Keiko's, uh, you know, you'll have like bread on top of you. Like I already have the skin tone that I'm covered in flour. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I, I uh, kind of quite a pale individual. I don't think I would really be too into being turned into Wonder Bread for my birthday. It doesn't sound uh-huh. too fun. And then like afterwards like oh let's go out for birthday dinner now and i'm just caked I, I don't, i'm not feeling that you're like scraping it off your body in the shower yeah, yeah no, so, no 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 uh, not feeling that one uh, all right no no caribbean birthday i mean uh, i mean here's a country you've been to scott how about uh, a canadian birthday oh yeah i'm, I'm fond of the canadians i, I like oh, them okay. they're very very uh, very uh, nice people up there very apologetic sorry like every two seconds up there but yeah Okay, well, Canada, uh, a very famous tradition in Canada is the practice of uh, nose greasing, Scott. Is this like the nose grease where you would use it for beer pong, like to to make the foam in a beer go down? No, 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 no. This is where a young boy or girl is pinned to the floor while their nose is smeared with butter. What? Uh, uh, The reason for this is to ensure the individual is far too slippery for bad luck or negativity to get a hold of them in the next year. I am about to call my Canadian friend and be like, buddy, did you did you know Greece on your last birthday? Because my buddy's telling me this is a very popular tradition, and I feel like they're not that unlike America. You feel they might be holding back on you, Scott, some uh, nose greasing? Yeah, either that or it's like the best-kept Canadian secret here. Like, okay, yeah, yeah, we do this, but we don't let it out to the rest of the world. <laughs> we don't talk they're, about it. It's like they're in the basement. They're like, all right, we're going to. About the nose grease, we can't let the Americans know about this, yeah. right? Yeah, they, they question us as is. Yeah, like Trudeau probably put like a like a a silent order on everyone where we we do not talk about nose greasing outside of this country. If you do, you you basically are arrested, and if you go against COVID laws, you're gone. So one of one of those two two things, you disappear. Oh, okay, all right. So so you're saying I'm over to it right now? Yeah, I, in some ways. I, at least I'm not getting pinned down by the flower people. Um, this okay. this seems a little forced. All right. All right. Well, you won't get pinned down with a Hungarian uh, birthday, Scott. I don't know if you're interested. Yeah, go to Budapest, rock out, mm-hmm. see the local breweries. That's what you're talking about, I assume. Yeah. yeah. Or um, the Hungarians will wish an individual good luck and a happy birthday by pulling on their earlobes. Just like. Just like, hey, like a little, like, you know, Aunt Doris comes over and goes, hey, and pulls or. Well, this tradition will normally take place just before the opening of any birthday gifts. While a song is sung that translates to God bless you live long, so long, so your ears reach your ankles. 
like how hard are they pulling? Like, I mean, <laughs> is there some you little pl- go to your ankle, Scott? <laughs> I don't think we can hold back on this ear pulling. Like, is some not some like obnoxious little kid going to come and just basically hang on the lobe? Well, I mean, Scott, we want you to have a long life, so clearly they just got to rip that earlobe down to your ankles. But what is the quality of life with having ankle long earlobes? Like, I got to walk around sure every. There's a- I'm sure there's a bunch of 90-year-old Hungarians in wheelchairs with their earlobes tangled up in their spokes of their wheelchair, uh, but they're still living life. Uh, I don't know. Like, if it was a little, like, old guy just coming up to me like, hey, Scott, you know, I don't really like to be touched, but if he was just, like, doing a little little tug, like a little boop, 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 like, I'd be maybe okay with that. But if some Hungarian grandma is going to be like, I did this to my late husband, and he lived a long, prosperous life and, and hung off my lobes, I'm not really into that. What if your grandma's like, Canadian-Hungarian? Uh, and like, she's greasing She, she my- like, pulls your eardrums, and then she starts waxing your nose with butter. Yeah, and what if she's Canadian, and, and she's from the Caribbean, and I'm just covered in flour with a greasy nose and have giant earlobes? Well, I mean, we're closer to the bread you were talking about with the flour, water, and butter now. So far, so that, I'm that pretty... That sounds delicious. Yeah, so far, I'm pretty tasty. I'm, I'm pretty yeah. tasty. Yeah, okay. All right, all right. We're, we haven't found a, a good one yet. Uh, how about an Indian birthday, Scott? Would you think that would be interesting? Well, I love Indian food. I would have a samosa, uh-huh. maybe some chicken tikka masala, maybe listen to some some Indian tunes. I'm, in, I'm into it. All right. So so you, you might like this. So what Indians do... On uh, their birthdays, uh, particularly the first birthday, is they'll take the child and shave his or her head while the baby is held over a special fire. <laughs> I, I, you know what I'm doing next podcast? I'm going to be like, yeah, Mike, we have this guest on. And I'm bringing my Indian friend, my Canadian friend, some Hungarian guy I'm going to meet, and a Caribbean dude. And i be like, all right, go ahead, Mike. You tell them all about these traditions that you somehow know about. Yeah. Well, this is the symbolization of cleansing of evil and renewal of the soul. Oh, good. So me being hung over a fire is going to renew my soul. I mean, you already got the flour and butter on you, so that's how we bake the bread. Yeah, yeah. This is uh, this is not good. I also sunburn easily. I feel like I don't like the heat at all. I'm not into this too much. <sighs> All right. I mean, I got one more for you. I you think know, we're gonna... on your 40th, uh, uh-huh. I planned this really cool, like, surprise game show thing. Yeah. Um, with, I ca- that. with cake and, like, drinks and, like, a bunch of comedians. Meanwhile, you're you're basically planning to, to feather, uh, tar and feather me, essentially. Yeah. Well, I mean, you'll have the shaved head, so it'll be easier to do that. Listen, if it was just a shaved head, I'd be like, out of all of these, all right, whatever, shave my head, maybe. I've never, I've never, never actually shaved it all the way down. So, mm. but I, uh, my head's well, so big, I don't think it'd be a good look for me. Well, Scott, I don't know what to do here. I'm going to throw one more out there for you. What does a Switzerland birthday party sound like for you? All right, Switzerland to me sounds like you're just very neutral to one another you're just very like Mm. you don't start arguments you just stay kind of in the middle you go skiing and then you have a nice like pilsner beer at the top of a mountain that sounds pretty good no argument no arguments some nice skiing and a nice beer i mean that sounds great and we can invite your uh parents uh 
to this event because parents are very important to this uh, Switzerland birthday because parents in Switzerland will hire an evil clown for their child's birthday. To just scare them? Like, is there a reason behind it? Uh, well, the clown will only look terrifying, but will also follow and torment the birthday boy or girls before putting a pie in their face for good luck. So during this day, I'm just being followed by this clown, essentially, waiting for yeah. this. Un- Does he go away after the pie? Like, can I provoke him to get this pie thing over and go back up the mountain to ski a little bit more? Or, I mean, or am I, I skiing so. down the hill and he's following me with the pie <laughs> flying down the mountain? That's a good image right there. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it says he's supposed to follow and torment you. So I don't think you could just like wake up and like turn your head to the evil clown and say, get it over with. I yeah. think it's got at least last for a few hours, Scott. Yeah. See, like, I don't have the clown fear like a lot of people say they do. I think it's like a lump. Well, some, I think some people lie about their clown fear, honestly. But um, I'm not into just anybody just tormenting me all day long. I'm not I'm not really into that. Explain um, this podcast. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the nine year uh, <laughs> the nine year thing <laughs> seems a little bit weird making that statement, but. Um, yeah, no, I don't like any of these ideas. You're a terrible birthday planner. I mean, I guess I'll get a card or something, or maybe no, maybe you won't. No, pay. you won't. You'll get a card and it'll stay in your house for like ten years. That is true. As we have learned that. about you. Yeah the the wife didn't get a card this year. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was in the suitcase, but it wasn't. So the so the card is too. just. Just in the bag, in the suitcase right now? Well, we're always traveling on her birthday, so it's always like, oh, yeah, I probably should have done that. And then when I bring it up, she's like, just give it to me next year, which also, never But happens. if it's in the suitcase, you're going to the destination with the cart. Yeah. yeah. So you just take out your stupid clothes and just mm-hmm. keep pushing the card down into the bottom of the suitcase and be like, I'll do it later. I'll do it later. I mean, first off, my clothes aren't stupid. I'm very stylish. How dare you, number yes, one. Yes, I know. Your, uh, your big C-3PO sweater, sweatshirt or something is on top of it. And you're like, yeah, I, I, it's, it's class. It's golden, baby. Uh, number two, it's uh, it's on like the, the side zipper inside. It's mm-hmm. just, like I said, we're usually getting up early because it's like, oh, I got these reservations at this Disney place. I can't wait, blah, blah, blah. So yeah, it's yeah. like, oh, yeah, I'll do it when we come back. And then we walk like 13 miles and had a bunch of food and drinks and whatever. And then you conk out and you're like, ah. So, ah. so you put the card in a little side pack pocket being yeah. like, this is going to be like a nice little surprise for her. I can't yeah. wait to present the card. Technically, there are three cards in there because, as you recall, I used to do the the dating anniversary one, uh-huh. uh, the Valentine one, and the birthday one. So uh, all three are still pristine in my suitcase, ready to go for February <laughs> 14th of the following year. But. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to start sending cards to your wife from you, but written by me. Like, there's going to be all Ooh. sorts of interesting things. Written, I hope I'm written. romantic. Oh, no. You're going to be romantic, all right. You'll be like, hey, babe, I know it's your birthday. You want me to grease your nose a little bit tonight? Or you want me to spit some flour all over you? And then maybe I'll dress up like a creepy clown. 
Yeah. But Scott, then again, with all the Canadian. costumes, all, do that. all the silly. costumes you guys put on, she'd probably be like, "Oh yeah, that, we're doing that this week yeah. anyway." You know? Yeah, that, that does sound like a normal Burloop thing. <laughs> weekend, to be honest with yeah. you. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, I'm not really into any of these. Maybe just a cake and a beer or something like that would be be more acceptable. <sighs> Fine. God. But, well, you know. Birthday! Thanks once again for a great birthday, as always, Mike. Um, I always feel like you really take care of me every February. Um, yep, you got the text. But th- there's <laughs> there's one thing that um, always cheers me up here on the podcast, puts me in the mood, and that's 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 our guest. That's our guest, and we have we have done. Every time I think we've done every walk of life, there's always another one that pops up or another one that I'm like, oh, yeah, I tried to get that years ago. Or, oh, we we had that. And I, I think tonight's guest is another box we've never checked before. We've had tons of champions and um, in many sports. And, and tonight is no different. Mike, who do we got on the show? Uh, Scott, we are talking to a person who is a nine-time PBA title holder, who has reached the championship round 28 times. Uh, If you watch uh, bowling on Fox, you will recognize him immediately because he has got the sweetest afro and the loudest colored outfit out there. Total personality. Can't wait to get to talk with him. We are talking with Kyle Troop tonight, Scott. Let's get Kyle and his fancy pants on the line. Hey Kyle, hey, what's up, man? What's up, guys? How's no, it going? Great, man. Thanks for uh, thanks for popping on with us for a few minutes here. Definitely, uh, uh, Scott. Yeah, we can't start the interview yet. I have to find my hundred thousand dollar check to put behind me uh, before I can <laughs> I can start this. This might take like a few hours, but and a belt oh, and, the and a belt, belt. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> two belts. Ready. <laughs> <laughs> This man comes prepared. This man comes yeah. prepared. Yeah, I've got uh, all my trophies sitting on the uh, kitchen table, actually, because we're kind of working on a cabinet. And we don't ever use this thing, so, you Yeah, know. working on a cabinet. I would have all my trophies available for interviews also. Just, just saying. <laughs> <laughs> so, Kyle, thank you so much for joining us. I know you have an off week. Just to confirm... On your off weeks, we're still allowed to talk about your bowling career, right? I don't, I, I don't oh, want to hear you burnt out, and then we'll have to ask you, so what do you do outside of bowling? <laughs> no, not at all. I mean, I did play around the golf today. So, uh, you know, I actually drove home from Kentucky, which is where my girlfriend lives, and uh, drove right to the golf course. Unloaded the car enough to fit a bowling b- or a golf bag in, and then went and played some golf. But, yeah, I mean, I pretty much still bowl. I'm going to practice this week and uh, bowl a little event in Greensboro, North Carolina before hitting the road, uh, start back up tour. So, yeah, bowling's life pretty much. So I'm pretty much down to talk about it. It's awesome. Pretty much any time and all the time. Awesome. Uh, I'm, you know, I'm going to start off outside of bowling. I got, I got a question about those checks when you get those nice checks. Is it do – you, do you get to go home with the big check? Do you ever get to like like – do they just slip you the real check with it? Is it always just for show, or can you actually ever bring a giant check to the bank? Because <laughs> I'll never get one. Well, so, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's pretty much just for show. Yeah, uh, it's definitely like Happy Gilmore. You know, yep. That's why I kind of have the check sitting behind me. Uh, I may have lost one or two in the past. Oh so. no! <laughs> I love the trophies, man. You know, I got the trophies and then the real money. You know, so uh, yeah, we get the direct deposit within seventy-two hours afterwards. So. Oh, nice. Yeah. <laughs> 
cash is coming, but yeah, it's pretty cool to bring home the big check and sure, you know, uh, chase the titles and stuff. I mean, that's kind of the dream and yeah. you know what we're out there grinding for. So, hmm. and when I was growing up, seeing bowling on TV, there it seems like in the last like ten, maybe twenty years, we got the two-handed bowlers as you are. I'm. A, I was a little more shocked that you were a two-handed bowler and the fact that your dad was a professional bowler. So I'm always curious, like, as you were, like, harnessing your technique, was he ever at any point, now, son, we got to, if we want to do this for real, I got to show you something here or anything like that? You know, this was the blessing growing up uh, with my father, Guppy, uh, you know, kind of how I got started two-handed bowling because I've been bowling two-handed since I was you know, able to throw a ball pretty much. Uh, obviously, I don't really remember, but he said I always wind wanting to throw a heavy ball. So he started me with a pretty heavy ball. I kind of had to bowl two-handed. And then as I was growing up, you know, going to the bowling alley all the time with my father, he was just happy I was spending time staying busy bowling. So he didn't care how I bowled. And, uh, and then, you know, I started getting a little older and everybody started making fun of him because they were like, you know, uh, your kid hooks his spare ball more than you do your entire you know, strike release. So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I didn't learn anything from my father when it comes to the physical game of bowling, but you know, the mental side, uh, he taught me a lot and, you know, I feel like that's a lot of my success just, you know, being a showman, uh, you know, he was always the fan favorite and, you know, he looked like he always had such a good time. Uh, and so I wanted to be like him growing up and, and, uh, you know, the fans are, you know, I love that whenever we're on TV because then it's almost an advantage for me because, you know, I want to give back to the fans and then uh, whoever I'm bowling, they kind of know uh, there's a few Afros in the crowd, so to speak. But, <laughs> you know, he definitely taught me a lot on the mental side of it and uh, was pretty chill when it came to me bowling two-handed. And then obviously whenever he seen I was getting pretty good, he's like, yeah, I really can't say too much. <laughs> now, now, spending all that time in the bowling alley with him growing up and whatnot, were you, were you a kid who played other sports too? Um or, or did bowl, was bowling the focus for as long as you can remember? Yeah, so uh, I definitely played a lot of sports when I was younger. Um, you know, slowly realized that I sucked at pretty much all of them. You know, I played football <laughs> for one year. Uh, I was a lineman in, like, first grade, and I was, like, you know, 60 pounds. So that was pretty much a waste of time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, played base, I played baseball up until uh, fast pitch, and I got hit in my wrist batting one time and i'm like yeah i don't want to play this game anymore and pretty much quit baseball and i played basketball up until uh high school couldn't make the team but i pretty much bowled my whole life and i was in the pba whenever i was 16 so you know i was a sophomore in high school and had given up the youth league i didn't go collegiately for bowling uh and you know actually had a pba regional title while i was still in high school but nobody really knew about that you know i was kind of just doing my own thing uh you know I remember a thing in the yearbook, it was like, who do you think will become the, you know, professional athlete? And it was like one of the basketball stars or the football players. Sure. Mm. I'm like, all right, yeah. It, and now all my buddies, they're like, dude, I see you on TV. That's hysterical. Like, hey, man, you know, it's pretty crazy. goes to the reunion with the belts and the big jacket and all. <laughs> How'd the vote go? And the, and, and the yearbook. And the yearbook in his hand. Yeah, <laughs> yeah y'all remember this? <laughs> Now, when you're starting, for what I kind of saw when you like started and getting regional titles, you were still like balancing. I, I think it said you were a manager of like a like an Arby's mm-hmm. or Burger King or something. No, like no, oh, Wendy's, oh. the Frosty oh. King, baby. Okay, the okay. Frosty King. Where's the beef? <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. That was my first job at 16. You know, I wanted to get a job. Uh, became a shift manager at 18. 
Uh, like I said, you know, I went to community college for two semesters for accounting. Didn't really work out like I thought. You know, I'm a big numbers and math guy. Uh, kept working there. I was just going to chase the bowling and was luckily, you know, for them, they, I never promoted up to salary so I could make my schedule. I went down to four days a week, was still working. I mean, I won a national title on TV back in 2015 and then went to work. The That's, next great. Week and That's great. That's great. seen me making the frosty, you know, and they were like, oh my God, you were on TV. And, uh, and then I quit about early 2017. Uh, but I worked at Wendy's, you know, that was, and such a blessing. You know, I learned so much about it with people communications and being able to deal with, you know, just ignorant people and yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. that come through there sometimes. I, but, I got a question about about Wendy's. Why? What is the secret to, to drinking the Frosty through a straw? Like, why do they even give it to you? Like, it's impossible. Yeah, I don't I don't really, I've never understood that. Like, I need a spoon, <laughs> this isn't a milkshake. Right. Yeah. And then... If you are serving straws, and that means your frosting machine's messed up. This ain't McDonald's. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> Tighten up. I mean, that thing is thick. Like, if you can get that through a straw, like, that's that's good talent right there. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Hey, got I, I did love the strawberry frosties in the summertime. I, they didn't have that when I was working there. <laughs> messed up. But I love cooking the bacon in the morning. So, Might have put on a few extra yeah. pounds. <laughs> so, so give us give us an insight to the the training life of a bowler at your level. Um, you know, bowling still you know the, on the fringe for a lot of people. You know, we we do see it on the ESPN and, and, and it pops up here and there. But you know, we never get really get a peek behind the scenes on how much time commitment there is and how often you're throwing. What is the the life of a bowler, or or even just your life as far as practice and training? Yeah. So, uh, well, right now, you know, we are in the middle of our PBA tour season. So, you know, we're competing pretty much starting Monday until about middle of May. And we have another week and a half off in between there. Um, you know, real quick, during a national event, uh, I finished second at the U.S. Open three weeks ago. And we bowled 24 games of qualifying, 24 games of match play. Jeez. And that was across three days. Uh, but then if you add in the five practice sessions that we had it was probably about 80 to 90 games of bowling in a week uh and then bowl on tv afterwards uh but you know that's the majors you know just like in golf you know but i guess in golf they play 72 holes no matter what uh but then like more in the off season uh training you know for me practice and it kind of goes person to person uh you know i'm a quality over quantity guy Uh, i do compete in a lot of like scratch events and random tournaments uh back home you know cash in cash out uh, stuff like that. So I practice two, maybe three days a week for hour and a half. You know, I get six to eight games in of practice. I'm not really bowling for score. Uh, but then the other thing that has really changed in the last, I would say, five years is the uh, physical fitness of bowlers. You know, everybody thinks beer drinking, yeah, yeah. Out, you know, <laughs> pizza eating, which, hey, I love all that stuff. But, uh, you know, a lot of the guys were all were realizing, like, we got to take care of our bodies. I mean, we're perfect. I mean, we are professional athletes, you know, we're not beating and banging pads against each other, but you know, um, if we don't take care of our bodies, so it's a lot of flexibility core. Um, you know, I work out four days a week. Uh, I do have a personal trainer that I work out with when I am home, uh, when I'm on the road, it's kind of just maintain, you know, cardio, which everybody hates uh, a little bit of stretch and a little bit of core and, and, uh, just kind of maintaining during the season. But, it's a lot more than people think, you know, just going out bowling. I mean, the, the mental grind of it all during the week. Yeah. I mean, you're moving pairs. You got to think about changing balls, changing your speed, changing your rotation. Depends on who you're following. I mean, the variables just go on and on and on. Uh, so, you know, it's 
I feel like a lot of us are physically able to win, but it's the mental side of it that really can get you to the next level at the national tour on the PBA. Uh, Cause there's so many great bowlers that haven't won. And that's just cause you know, there's so many demons that we can battle throughout 48 games of bowling and sure. you know, yeah. a couple bad shots, man, I suck at this game. You know, like those little negative points, you know, I'm on team USA as well. We do a, a lot of mental training with Brian Kane. Uh, he's worked with uh, MLB and, you know, a couple of NFL players as well. Um, you know, and it's just all about the mental process. So, you know, I do some mental training as well, but it's a lot of work. But then again, it's a lot of fun. Yeah. You know, I mean, I get to play a game that I love for a living. Uh, I get to go teach it, you know, do clinics and appearances and, you know, just hang out and talk bowling and teach yeah. it because I was I grew up learning from, you know, a lot of the guys that my dad was friends with and, now here I am, 31 years old, and kind of passing the torch, you know, at least my education, because I plan on, you know, busting them up on tour for at least another decade. I was going to say, the longevity of a bowler has to be pretty good too, right? Like you, you can probably, yeah. you know. You know uh, that's the big concern right now in bowling is the two-handed longevity because, you know, Jason Belmonte is the oldest, I believe, at like 40. Now, granted, he's, you know, the best bowler in our sport that's ever come across. Uh, but that's what we're wondering. Like, can we bowl to our 50? Because Norm Duke, Pete Weber, uh, Walter Ray Williams, three of the goats of our sport, you know, they're in their 60s. And, yeah, they're finally getting done with the PBA tour, the kids tour, but they're still winning three, four times a year on the PBA 50, you know, which has got 25 Hall of Famers in it. Uh, and those guys are still bowling well, but they're in really good shape for 55 years old. You know, Norm Duke's running, you know, doing 100 push-ups a day and running miles and stuff like that. So, you know, uh, it, it's proven with some of the seniors uh, that if you take care of yourself, because then there's so many players that have kind of faded away over injuries. So, uh, you know, that's kind of been the big shift in bowling in the last five years. And, um, you know, with Bolero purchasing the PBA, uh, they kind of wanted to change the brand and imaging of bowling a little bit. Uh, you know, just trying to be more hip and current, you know, with TV because it is sports entertainment at the end of the day. And uh, they've done a really good job with that and partnering with Fox the last several years. Mm. So uh, a lot more exposure for the sport as well. Sorry, I extended that question a oh, little bit long. Great answer. Oh, <laughs> great answer, yeah. Now, when I look, we've talked to a lot of people and talked about like COVID, how it affected them. I wouldn't initially thought like talking to you, but as I was um, like looking at some videos, I, I came across one in 2020 where you shot a 299 miss the perfect game right there and it was in 2020 so it was so weird like i, I watch it on fox rah, going nuts everybody you're getting out your picks and playing with the hair 2020 dead silence i'm kind of curious about like did that throw you off and all with no fans around yeah so uh you know the very first show that we had with no fans i didn't know what to do i was like a lost puppy out there because the fans are my fire you know i build off of them you know, and uh, but then I won my first game. I don't really remember how the show went, but then I made several other shows in 2020 and I won three titles. Uh, and then I quickly learned that I was able to just dive in to my mental game and my process so deep that because there was no fans to entertain, I had nobody to entertain now. And yeah, the TV's still on, but I mean, <laughs> they ain't here, so I'm not really trying to show out for the million people watching. And uh, I think that's what led to a ton of my success in 2021, you know, winning player of the year, winning my first major was that period of COVID time. 
Uh, and I'm a firm believer that the best year of basketball was probably the COVID year in the NBA because it was just pure basketball. There was no fan momentum. There was no momentum shifts as far as any of that goes. And it just comes down to the raw game and, and you know, trying to finesse your craft in whichever way. And uh, so I really learned a lot in that aspect. And then it made me even more hungry come 2021 when we did get the fans back. Uh, and, you know, that was the thing with bowling, too, was bowling centers shut down for anywhere from six months to 18 months. Some of them never opened back up. Uh, I was lucky, you know, the ones near me in North Carolina only shut down for about three months. Uh, and then one of the local ones, you know, opened back up and and uh, they kind of said, well, we're going to open. Yeah. <laughs> so I got the bowl a little bit. So it worked yeah. out. But, yeah, it was that was a very, you know, tons of terrible things that happened that year. But from the bowling side of it, it taught me a ton on my mental game and pretty much led to a lot of my success since and let's talk about that as far as your your interaction with the fans you know the fro you got clothes you got these clothes that sometimes look like something from kingpin like these flat you know i i'm i see the pictures i'm like he could fit right in with uh ernie mccracken you know like he could oh, yeah. be both mm. kingpin too baby yeah <laughs> exactly exactly when did that like? How did that start to evolve? Where like I can't imagine you were always like that, or or were you just like, okay, I'm going to go for it and have fun with this? How how did that become? Um, so the outfits and stuff is actually a troop tradition. Uh, my father Guppy Troop, he has oh, eight nice. national, forty two regional titles, made uh, multiple multiple shows in the eighties on ABC, and uh, he wore wild pants back then. You know they weren't quite as wild now. Obviously, the <laughs> yeah. ability with everything wasn't quite the same, but he pretty much brought the wild pants into bowling. And so then growing up, you know, my dad's cool. He's got yeah. these crazy pants, yeah. and, you know, and then, so I'm like, well, I'm going to be like my dad. So I started doing the outfits and stuff. And, and now it's, you know, it's me. Like it's my brand. Like it's awesome. I don't dress like that every day, like walking down the street. I'm not that crazy, <laughs> but like if I can bring a little flair to the sport, express my personality a little bit, uh, you know, and then it's starting to, you know, I'm starting to see a lot more bowlers and kids and stuff like that. Because who wants to just see black and gray? Yeah. Blah. Like, yeah, that's just boring. It's 2023. Like, let's get a little life in, in this party here. So, you know, I got it from my father. I was a copycat. Yeah. And then uh, I just have the better afro. You know, I, I'm 31 <laughs> years old. And about a year and a half ago, I found out my father got his hair permed for his afro back in the day because everybody's like oh your dad had the afro and i'm like what <laughs> so <laughs> i got the hair you know he taught me the outfits and, uh, so so when you're when you're shopping for these outfits are you like going on websites and being like okay these pants would be crazy or or like people reaching out to you at this point and being like i got i got pants for you man like and, and like how, how are you going about the decisions on what to wear yeah, so whenever I was younger, I used to wear, uh, you know, John Daly, loudmouth golf pants, uh, Royal and Austin. Yep. You know, there was a few brands I wore, you know, probably seven, eight years ago. But uh, one of my sponsors, Coolwick, you know, they do the sub sub dye jerseys. They also make the pants. So, you oh, know, we cool. pretty much just work with the designer and we can pretty much come up with whatever we want <laughs> when it comes to design. That's great. I, I used to get really wild with it when I was younger. Now I'm trying to like at least have like a little stylish brand so sell a few more pairs you know make yeah. more bucks yeah. and, mm. and then throw a wild one in there every now and then 
because I had some off the wall stuff when I was younger. I didn't really care at all. I like, I mean, I'd still wear it. Yeah. <laughs> did you have them, or did you have like a really weird garage sale when people were like, "What the heck?" <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I have tried. You know, I've given some of my old pants away. Like, I mean. Yeah, I've worn them, but hey, if you want them. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> this is a funny thing. Like my dad said back in the 80s, he bought 12 pairs of pants for 80 bucks. And I pretty much, you know, one pair of pants is 80 bucks yeah, nowadays. Yeah. So I'm like, yeah. Mm. But uh, yeah, I mean, the um, the curtains from the car- from the yard sale uh, across the street, the, the older lady was having a yard sale the other day. That's where I got my next pair of pants from. So That's fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Out of curiosity, now you were kind of talking about the state of the PBA right now. I'm kind of curious, um, money-wise, are you getting more from sponsorship, from the television deal, from the PBA itself? Well, where is like the... Yeah, so um, pretty much about three years ago, Bolero uh, purchased the PBA, uh, and we got off of ESPN and went to Fox. Uh, the quick rundown, pretty much ESPN didn't want bowling on, really didn't care too much about it. Uh, Fox pays the PBA to be on. So that alone is a good deal for us because then they want to build behind us. They want to build marketing. They want to build personas for the players, you know, yada, yada, yada. Uh, the sponsorships have really increased. We've got Kia, Snickers, Red Bull, uh, you know, a lot more names. So with all these sponsors, uh, with Fox airing, you know, there's tons of reruns on FS1. We would never really see reruns on ESPN. Uh, so a lot more exposure, uh, which has led to way more money. Uh, you know, you bring up money. I actually broke the single season earnings record uh, in 2021. Good for uh, you. So that was, which was held by Walter Ray back in 2008. Wow. Uh, so, you know, that just shows in general, uh, you know, the state of the sport right now. You know, the, the sponsors are increasing, which is increasing our prize funds. You know, we're actually... Um, you know, I know it's not advertised, but like our last cash, you know, for the tour, because it's a grind. I'm out, I'll be honest, like we're not getting, you know, loaded with millions of dollars by any means. Like, and, uh, you know, we pay to get in, you get a check, you know, you maybe break even with expenses, you know, 500 to enter, maybe 1500 for last cash, you know, thousand bucks for the week. Yeah. You're looking at about even with the room and travel and that's, and that. yeah. yeah, I mean, that's like, that's like three grand this year. So like these guys that are in the, you know, twenties and thirties and points, they can actually come out, make 1500 in a week. And they're not, you know, sweating, you know, being back home if they have jobs, you know, cause some of these guys, I mean, we're all, we've all been grinding at some point. So, uh, you know, the money for it is definitely increasing, you know, all our majors pay, you know, six figures, uh, you know, and that's, I've said for the last couple of years, it's a great time to be a fan of professional bowling and a great time to want to be a professional bowler. Uh, you know, they're getting more involved. Collegiate is on TV more now. Uh, you know, PBA Junior, they're getting the kids on television, having a national championship. Uh, so, you know, just so many different things that Bolero and PBA want to do now and with Fox. Uh, you know, I think the sky's the limit. Yeah, it's funny. I while, while you were answering that question, I went to Amazon and typed in your name and then put pa- – and the first thing that pops up is pants and all these crazy neon <laughs> pants and uh, MC Hammer pants pop up. So there, oh, yeah. there, there's people out there, man. You're going to see some Halloween costumes soon if you keep this up, you know, um, and the exposure keeps up. Um, so let, let me ask you, like um, – as far as like bowling scores wise, like when are you like, what are you expecting 
like if you're playing that many games in a day or whatnot, do you have like, is the mentality like I got to hit stay like obviously a perfect game is not going to happen all the time, but like is the mentality I got to stay in this range of points or are, are you like totally disappointed if you're under a certain number? Like what is the mentality as far as, okay, I got to, I got to keep an average or, or where are we trying to hit every game? I got you. Yeah. So, um, you know, real quick, like, you know, the even score, just like, you know, par and golf, the even score in bowling is 200. And then we judge off a plus and minus 220 or plus 20. Okay. The next game you bowl 190. Now you're plus 10 for two games. Right. You know, it all depends on the oil pattern that we bowl on because some weeks they're very hard. Some weeks they're a lot easier. For example, 24 games at the U.S. Open, it took a 209 average to make match play. Actually, I'm sorry. I made TV with a 209 average, and then fast forward or go to last week in Wichita. There's a Gupster. There he is. Hey, what's up, man? <laughs> there he is. Yeah. Great. He's in there watching wrestling. <laughs> and, uh, That's great. But then you know Wichita, it took a 228 average to make the cut. You know, so it all depends week to week on the pace. Um, you know, but then when it comes to like. An average, you know, no professional bowler has averaged 230 for an entire season, which is about 300, 350 games. No huh. bowler in the history of the PBA has averaged 230, which right now I sub in league back home. I've bowled about four weeks, 12 games worth. I'm averaging 251. And the high average in like one year in like your league pattern is like 265. So wow. that shows you Jeez. the big difference in the wow. oil conditions, you know, to like your everyday league pattern to then some of the stuff we bowl on. It would be like me going and playing golf where I did today and then going to TPC Sawgrass and trying to putt, you know, in a sense. So um, that all depends on that, but it's all about just trying to fill frames. You know, we take it one frame at a time. You know, I don't really think about my score. Okay. My goal is not to shoot a number. You know, it's to stick to my, you know, focus on my process and stay in the moment, you know, I have 10 shots in a game, you know, every game I have a pre-shot routine thoughts before, you know, analyze the shot and after, and then reset and do it again. What is you your, know, what is your pre-shot routine? Uh, I mean, you know, pretty much wipe the ball off. Okay. You know, I, we have chamois, the little oil towels, uh, gotcha. especially being two handed, but even one handers, you know, little nerd moment, I guess, in bowling or whatnot is with the oil on the ball. You know, if you don't wipe the oil off and then you throw it again, that ball may go another, I mean, we're talking six inches further or eight inches further down the lane. And then it's going to cause a ring and 10 pin where the tent, where the six pin wraps around it. And, you know, people all the time are like, Oh, you know, that's a bad break. I can't get the 10 out, but really that much of a difference can really, you know, but now your regular average bowler isn't going to know it went another foot. I mean, I'm not even going to see it went six inches further down the lane, but if that because the oil then goes over again and then the next shot you throw it again well after five or six shots and the oil just cakes up on the ball it's not going to hook as early you know because it's friction the ball's going at 400 rpms rolling on a surface creating friction and then changing directions the further down the lane it goes you know then it just then we're getting into like ball shapes and how we attack patterns different bowling balls do different things Uh, some roll earlier some go later just like a golf bag. Well, I guess my charger's gone. Dog just freaked out. But, uh, you know, just like a golf bag, you know, you have 13 clubs or whatnot. I'm going to, you know, pretty much have 12 balls uh, to bring into a tournament. 
you know, and then maybe eliminate three or four of them, you know, and then you feel like, all right, I got this for this phase of the tournament, these for this time and these for this time. And then that's pretty fascinating. (laughs) Then at the end of the day, you can't have preconceived notions either. And you got to just judge what's in front of you the day of on the lane. So then all that stuff I talked about, it's not matter. (laughs) (laughs) But you got to be prepared. Who is your favorite person to bowl against, whether it's a rival or a good friend? What is, like, when you see the matchup, you're like, yes, let's do this. You know, uh, I got two. Anthony Simonson, a uh, really good mate of mine. Uh, used to room together. We bowled each other for two or three titles on television. Uh, and it's just always fun to bowl him because we normally kick it afterwards, win or lose. Uh, and then Jason Belmonte, he's the best bowler in the world. You know, I want to bowl against him because I want to beat him. Like every time, yes, sure. He wins a lot, takes all our money, and you know he's the great. You know, you want to be the best, you got to beat the best. Uh, And you know, I guess I've lost a good bit in the past, wanting it too much. Uh, And I can definitely think the last time I bowled him, that happened uh, down in Australia in like a little non PBA event thing, and he beat me. So I'm like, all right, I got you the next time we get on TV because you know back to that process that I've been talking about. When you have you ever tried like wee bowling and all like on the on the games? I'm curious. Like, <laughs> does it translate at all, or are you or like you're like I know exactly what to do, and this is so damn frustrating. <laughs> no, it doesn't. Like, I mean, it's it's terrible. Like, I mean, but my brother and I figured out with wee, if you just like sling it down yeah. the middle, you can just get strikes every time. Like, woo. This is fun. Like, so much less thought than my job. I'm like, just picturing you getting like your ass kicked by like a ten year old, and you're like, "Come on, man!" You know. <laughs> oh yeah, uh, you're not nothing. Look at my espy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> oh, here it is. Oh, it's right there. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> uh, that's great. Out of curiosity. Are, do you ever act like any one of us who go to a bowling alley? Like, have you ever made a shot and started yelling and complaining at the pins or something where it's like, as a professional, you're like, this is silly. But at the same time, you're like, damn it, you, pin. I mean, this, the secret I've always been told is bitch to win. So, um, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Yeah, every now and then, you know, I mean, granted, if I go into practice or just hang out with my friends, yeah, I'm probably not going to be yelling at no pins. But, you know, um, I definitely do my fair share of griping sometimes. You know, it's more just to myself because there's a lot of other players bowling right next to me. Like, you know, I get pissed off when somebody catches me in my fourth step because they're 400 under and, you know, not going to make the cut. And they're still yelling and screaming because they're bowling bad. Like, uh <laughs> get out of here so you know you got to be respectful of the others but it comes out from time to time but you know i'm 31 now and i i say i keep saying that like because i'm by no means old but i've been in the pba for 15 years so i feel like i've learned a ton you know especially being a kid whenever i was 16 17 18 oh yeah the other thing my dad taught me was pretty much he would just pop my ass and yank me off the lane if i really started acting out so yeah, yeah. <laughs> i learned that real quick at a young age <laughs> What's the uh, what's the future bowling as far as like you know exposure now you you, you know if we, if you're into a sport now people can dive as deep as they want into these things and interact with the players and watch their social medias and follow them so what what's the future what, what's exciting about bowling that might be new coming down the line yeah we've got a few things you know uh, one thing that come to mind we have about four or five players that do a pretty neat 
you know, they have YouTube channels and one of the guys is a Twitch streamer, you know, and that gives a big inside look to it. Uh, Darren Tang, I actually think he actually hit the hundred K subscriber nice. mark on YouTube. Nice. Uh, you know, so he's got a pretty, and the house has a following, you know, so there's some different, uh, champ Brad and Kyle is another big one. Uh, so there's some different channels on YouTube, which five years ago, there was like, other than just reruns of PBA that people posted, there was no presence in professional bowling on YouTube. And that's more the inside, you know, the behind the scenes footage a little bit uh, and blog material. But um, the other thing with the future of bowling is that, you know, I think uh, the tournament and the exposures are going to become even bigger because we have the Jimmy Allen challenge, you know, uh, country artist, Jimmy Allen, he had the event in October. Uh, I got the bowl with Nelly, you know, uh, Mookie oh, Betts nice. is huge into bowling. Really? Uh, and, you know, yeah. oh, big. I mean, Mookie Betts is by far the best professional athlete <laughs> that's a bowler. Or the, oh, the best bowler as that, a professional athlete, not PBA. That's yeah, interesting. By far. Nice. I mean, he's, he bowled a 300 at the World Series of Bowling four years ago. No. The guy bowls every day. The guy loves to bowl. Loves, 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 loves. That's he's awesome. bowling a $1,000 tournament in Tennessee. Like, he flies in to bowl it. Like he signed a five hundred million dollar contract. <laughs> yeah. If I got five hundred million, I'm not going to bowl. Yeah, yeah. Off <laughs> to him, he does. But you know, getting the some more celebrities involved because at the end of the day, we just need you know that big hit, like that big ticket. You know, get somebody involved because we're growing it in our sport. But I mean, we can all realize that we ain't got a hundred million people watching because we're not bowling for a million dollars. Like we're not bowling for 5 million. You know, these guys are golfing for 2.4 million. Like, you know, right. by no means am I complaining, you know, I'm blessed with all the opportunities and, you know, things I've had and, and won. But, uh, you know, I think the future is going to be even bigger. You know, I could see us bowling for hundred thousand dollars for first place, non-majors. And then our majors are half a million or something. And, you know, multiple player we have the pba league they're trying to get to where we have actually teams and we do multiple stops because then you can build markets around certain teams and you know sell merch and have followings and matches in different cities you know sure. so lots of cool things coming down the pipeline uh and i think just the exposure you know and uh the more celebs getting into bowling you know i mean because it is the most participated sport across the country you yeah. know um on a on a casual standpoint or whatnot uh, so, you know, I think, like I said, it's a great time to be a fan of professional bowling and, you know, just bowling in general. Uh, go out and bowl. I mean, go bowling. You know, that we've got a TV show coming up March uh, with NASCAR, um, you know, partnering up with a couple of the NASCAR guys. Oh, go cool. bowling sponsors, yep. uh, Eric Almarola. And it'll actually be myself and Jesper Svensson and then two of the PWBA bowlers. Uh, and, you know, I haven't even talked about that, but, you know, the PWBA came back about four years ago. And they're blossoming. They're up to 100,000 in a couple of their majors. So any women that are interested in bowling, um, that that was around 15, 20 years ago. And a lot of women kind of quit their jobs to bowl on tour. And then it went under. And there was no women's bowling for a decade at least. And now it's back, blossoming better than ever. So, uh, you know, that's another thing. You know, obviously, it doesn't affect me. But, um, you know, forgot to mention that. So that's definitely great. want to mention that as well. Kyle, I, we can't thank you enough and your off time and all everything going on to have some time chatting with us. If anybody wants to find out more about you, your brand, your awesome hairdo, where can they go to find out more about you? Yeah, so um, well, I have a website, kyletroop.com. Uh, that's kind of linked through my uh, jersey merch right now. Uh, but Storm Bowling, I've got some bios as well. Uh, but pretty much... 
you know, I don't have a YouTube channel, Instagram, Kyle underscore troop, Facebook, Kyle troop page, um, you know, Kyle troop bowling will be built, uh, to kind of have more of an interactive website, more than just kind of a merge thing, uh, through quick, but, um, you know, and I'm active on all my socials, you know, I run it all, you know, DMS messages, you know, I, I handle all of that because you know, I feel like that's the only way to be, you know, be generic with your fans and, uh, you know, PBA, uh, if anybody's interested in watching the PBA, uh, we have bowl TV. Uh, that's kind of like our, um, live stream for all of our professional tournaments. Uh, you can watch all of our bowling on there and see those 40, 50 games of bowling that we bowl. Uh, multiple squads and everything, and then obviously Fox and FS1. We've got multiple shows coming up uh, March, April, and May. So it's a lot of lot of big bowling coming up, and you know, really excited. Final question is: Can can you still do like a three hundred if you go to a random alley and grab one of those public balls and just start flinging it? Any? Oh, no, and not really. Man. I mean, you know, and the shoes, yeah. man. Like you got to get the rental shoes. Oh, oh, oh no. yeah. <laughs> I'm very picky with my shoes. Yeah. I foul. Like you know that black line you're not supposed to go across. Yeah. I foul probably once every three or four professional events. Wow. And when I foul, I fall. Like I don't just like barely step over the line. <laughs> oh no, I eat it. I mean, yeah. When we get off the show, go on YouTube and type in Kyle Troop fall. It's like a six-second video. You'll love it. You'll love it to death. It looks like I died in the gutter. But, uh, yeah, so that that's a little tough. But, you know, I'm just just happy. I kind of lost my train of thought, honestly, after thinking about it. <laughs> it. It was the alley shoes that, that got you off. Oh, the alley shoes, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I have to have my bowling shoes. But, uh, yeah, back to the 300 question. You know, people think I'm a professional bowler. I bowl 300 every day. Um, you know, I maybe bowl four a year you know, one or two on the PBA and then maybe one or two in league or some side tournaments. But, you know, it's definitely difficult with those house balls because that's the thing. Those house balls, they don't have near any of the technology that all the equipment that we use now, uh, you know, cores and covers, balls just are made to hook. Those ha- those alley balls, you can still crank on them, but yeah, they're pretty much supposed to go straight. <laughs> that's awesome. Kyle, thank you so much for your time. Best of luck. We'll be watching you on FS1. You know, kill it. And uh, we'll be talking to you in the future, my friend. All right. Thank you guys very much for having me on the on the podcast. I really enjoyed you. it. Thank you, Kyle. And- Kyle Troop, everybody. Kyle Troop, another one in the running for one of the, one of the interviews of the year. Really, mm. really, really enjoyed him. Were you ever a bowler? Yeah, I was actually going to say... Um, I grew up um, after CCD, which was, you know, Catholic school class on Saturday morning, uh, a bus would pick you up from there to go to the bowling league every Saturday. So I probably bowled for like five years, maybe something like that, like every Saturday in the winter, basically. Um, I remember... Um, I would I would sometimes lead with the wrong foot, and I had this coach that told me I was – he would call me wrong way Carrigan, and I still have no clue who that guy is. Um, <laughs> maybe – sounds like an airplane pilot that got lost in World War II. Mm-hmm. You know, the troops think wrong way Carrigan for saving the day. Let me just see if that pops up. Wrong way – oh, wrong way Callahan. Oh, Douglas Corrigan was an American aviator nicknamed oh. wrong, wrong Way yes. in 1938. 
Mm. <laughs> uh, nicknamed Runway after a transcontinental flight to July from Long Be- to Long Beach, California, New York City. He then flew from Floyd Bennett Field in Brooklyn to Ireland, though his flight plan was filed to return to Long Beach. Corrigan claimed he his unauthorized transatlantic flight was due to a navigational error caused by heavy cloud cover that obscured landmarks in low light condition conditions causing him to misread the compass however he was a skilled aircraft mechanic um, and made several modifications to his own plane um, he had been denied permission to uh, make a non-stop flight from new york to ireland and his navigational error quote-unquote w- was seen as deliberate nevertheless he never publicly admitted to having flown to ireland intentionally it embarrassed him for all his life, and then he found out he was compared to some kid from a Catholic school bowling. So <laughs> yeah, that um, really was the embarrassment. Unfortunately, he died in 1995, so we can't get oh, get can't get him on the podcast. Um, but yeah, I bowled. Uh, my high score was a 231, I believe, the highest game Ooh. I ever bowled. I think mine was 238, 239, and I remember. Like I wanted to hang out with some friends and they all like skeeved on me. Like <laughs> so I just had to find plans. So I had to go to like those um laser disco light yeah. bowling nights at like midnight. And I don't know how with like a a a, le- a ball that I just randomly it's like, oh finally something that fits my hand. Uh-huh. I somehow bowled a two thirty nine with nobody around and being depressed like as, as yeah. I had to take a lane by myself as I pulled this 239 game. I just pictured you picturing all the the pins as those people who ditched you and just be like, you're going to get it, and just smashing the pin. Oh. 234, 234, or whatever the hell you got. <laughs> Sir, stop screaming at the pins, and all other people are trying to enjoy their life, unlike you. I liked bowling. Um Bowling has gotten strangely expensive to do. It used to be like you go and it'd be like $3 a game or something like that. I remember like the last time going with like friends years ago and it was like $60 a couple or something like that for like two. Yeah, it's like crazy now. Like, I also remember like it always was Sunday was like the bowling time. Sunday morning. And I remember there was a bowling alley where I used to live in Flanders and I would go there a few times, and they're like, league. I'm like, why is there a league on Sunday morning? And, yeah. and then I'm like, there's not one lane open. And they're like, no, league, get out of here. It was, <laughs> it was like the most unfriendly bowling alley I ever experienced. It makes you wonder what was – maybe the league was, like, doing some weird things. Like, maybe it was a cover-up <laughs> for for something else, you know, either like – They're wearing, like, pig masks yeah, yeah. and, like, yeah, nothing under the yeah. robes. One of those weird bird, like, black masks with the <laughs> – <laughs> Yeah. Uh, yeah, league, go. What's going on there? League is starting. Get out. <laughs> Definitely some password you didn't know. Um, to to get into there, but what if I say gutter ball? Oh, oh, strip your clothes and get in here. You hear you say gutter ball, and you hear all these women in the background go, "Did he say it? Did he say it?" And you're like, "Oh boy, what's going on here?" <laughs> uh, anyway, all right, Mike. Okay, so let's get into this. Let's get into this. Uh, right. Also, go check out go check out Kyle. Awesome guy. Um. So I guess what a year or two ago we had a little you know a little draft was it last year I don't even remember how it was long. last year okay yeah, it was sometime mid last so we had a draft last year we called the inconvenience draft um, 
basically the concept was that we were going to inconvenience each other's lives. Um, who can make the other person's lives worse? Like I remember taking, I took knobs from you. So you no longer had a, a knob on anything to open any doors. Um, so we tried to make each other's lives miserable. And now we have what? We got the NFL draft, I guess, coming eventually. I think a month or so, something yeah. like that. So now we're going to dive back into the the inconvenience draft. Um, Mike, would you like to explain this year's rules? Yeah. So uh, for this draft, we are going to go with the senses. Taste, senses. Touch, hear, see, or smell. Mm-hmm. So uh, we're going to basically go one at a time, and we're either going to draft one of two things. Either A, we are taking some kind of item away from our our co-hosts right such as you know uh, you can't touch this anymore you can't hear this anymore or we're going to say every day for the rest of your life you are going to taste this you're going to touch this you're going to see this you're going to smell this right right so the the point is to see who could make the other person's life worse the combination of things um maybe just one thing is that good or that that might win the whole draft maybe you get the you get that big number one pick maybe you get a sleeper in the uh in the late round that 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 just takes the whole draft so um with that being said here we go it's the inconvenience draft of 2023 All right, Mike. So how are we going to decide who is on the board? Okay, so what I'm going to do is I got a, a coin flip simulator in front of me. You like can co- say heads are- a coin flip simulator. That guy worked yeah. really hard to develop. <laughs> you know how many years in HTML it took for me to make this? Yeah. Right. So we're, we're going to... I'm going to let you make the call of heads or tails. Mm-hmm. And then what, whoever, whether you win or I win, we will decide either a, I'm going to be the, I'm going to decide where I pick either first or second or B I'm going to select the sense we're going to start off with. All right. All right, Mike, I am ready to take you down once again. I'm going to inconvenience the hell out of you. Okay. I mean, that sounds like both our lives with each other, but all right. All my my answers are just do the podcast, hear the podcast, feel it. (laughs) (laughs) All right. I'm going to go. I won $10 at the Super Bowl on Tails, so I'm going to go with Tails. All right. Random flip. It is heads. All right. All right. So what I'm going to do is. Man, that designer worked so hard on that (laughs) app, man. Scott, I, I had the capability of putting in the number of flips oh. I wanted. Oh, nice. nice. So if uh, we're like best two out of three, it would have been three flips right there, my friend. We don't want to excite the audience by doing like best out of like 11 flips or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Scott, I am going to, you know what? I want you to start it off. So I'm going to start with, I'm going to choose the sense here. Okay. And the sense will be touch 
Ah, the sense of feel, Mike. The sense of feel and touch. Um, something you're going to feel or possibly not feel ever again um, the rest of your living days. Uh, Mike, I decide to add something to your life. Something that, oh. it, that no matter what you do, no matter what you do, you're going to work. You're you're doing the podcast. You're you're taking a shower. You're you're making love. No matter what, you're gonna have to deal with this feeling. And Mike, that feeling is you're gonna have soaking wet socks all the time. Just this Ooh. feeling of wet, damp feet. You go to get intimate with your wife. Nope, you got. You got damp feet. You gotta you go to work all day. Your feet are just cold and wet. You go to I don't know, you go to the store, you just got damp feet. All day long those feet are just soaking nonstop. You got the feeling of that nasty, like pruned toes that you get when you're in the water too long. Oh, that's the worst. Yeah. That's the worst. Yeah. That's a that's a good one. That's a good one. That's a good one. I'm giving you a a clap right there. All right, thank you. All right, what what am I dealing with here, Scott? I feel the way you are in life. This will fit perfectly to inconvenience oh, you God. and all. Oh, I think once, I know what's coming. Yeah, I mean, I feel anytime, once a day, a couple of days, but but the rest of your life, you are gonna feel a stranger's greasy hair. <sighs> Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like just going about your day. It's like before you go in, Scotty, <laughs> uh, we got Tim over here put a little too much gel in his hair. Yeah. And you just got to just dive right into it. Like, I'll, do I have to like run my fingers through it basically? Or am I, I mean, you got to get the full feel sensation right there. I mean, I'm not saying you're holding on to some guy's scalp for three hours straight, but you got to know <laughs> at least once during the day, it's like, yeah, I know you're uh, about to go out and uh, have a good time. Maybe the next tap house show before you go on stage, touch that greasy man. Or like hair. Be- before I eat, you know, like I just mm-hmm. gotta run my fingers through some greasy hair. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not happy about this. I'm not mm-hmm. thrilled about it. Um, like I think it would be more detrimental if I was just always had greasy hair in my hand. <laughs> um, I guess over time I might be able to prepare to, to get, all right, come over here, grease ball and just run my, run my hands through it. But um, yeah, this one's a little rough. I don't like touching people and I don't really like people touching me. Um, so feeling and, and, and hair, hair is just, I hate hair and anything like, I get a hair in my food. I'm not extremely happy about it. Um, so, yeah, this one's not good. And immediately I look at people's hair and, and I'm like, oh, God, please, please wash that thing if, it, if it's greasy. So I'm feeling kind of good with my pick right it's here. It's not a bad one. It's not a bad well, one. All right. So Mike's, right Mike's sitting there in the first round. His feet are soaked. Mm-hmm. <laughs> feet are just drenched. Um, imagine, imagine interviewing kyle before and your feet were just soaked the whole time out uh, yeah like i forget where what i think i went like camping and like i accidentally slipped into like a river or something like that and i only have one pair of shoes and just that i like how you're just like i accidentally slipped into a river 
It was something like that. It was some kind of water. Maybe it was a pond or mm. whatever. But the point is, like, yeah, that um, the wrinkly feet feeling, that's not good. Yeah. So I mean, they always say, like, when I was in Boy Scouts and camping and stuff, like, the, the biggest thing was just keep your feet dry, keep your feet dry, you know. Mm. So, yeah, you, you might want to avoid cold weather for the rest of your life, too. Oh, yeah. yeah. All right. All right, so I'm sitting here rubbing rubbing a greasy man's hair, and um, Mike is sitting there. washing in my socks yeah. right now. <laughs> All right, Mike, so now I choose the category, or? Okay. Yep. All right, let's go with smell. Let's go with smell. Um, I'm choosing smell because I feel like you could take the chalk picks, right? You could. Do, everyone could think of the farts, you know, and the bad breath and, and, and all that stuff. But I, I was trying to think of something that would be, you know, maybe more unique smell that might bother you. But, um, Mike, you are up first this time. Uh, I went very specific on this. I mean, it's uh, maybe a little I hope brown. it's just a greasy man. <laughs> <laughs> I actually hope I hope all the senses are just pa- me paired to a greasy guy for the rest of my life. Now, Scott, you have to talk to him. Um, <laughs> um I, I've been to a lot of concerts in the summertime. Oh, hold on. I have known that feeling where you gotta. You get that urge inside of you, and you're hoping you can just stay in the nice venue and kind of do stuff. But sometimes uh, you can't wait till you get home. Uh, Scott, you're going to smell a used porta potty every day oh, okay. at some point. Okay. Yeah, this is like, like this is like picking. Let's see, who was like the number one pick who like not that didn't miss? You know, like that. That's something that's going to bother everyone forever. I guess like a Manning. Yeah, like a Peyton Manning. This is this is like a no brainer pick by the coaching staff. It's like, all right, we're bringing we're bringing in a big stud here who who is a who happens to be a filled porta potty. Um, yeah, I mean, no brainer here. Everybody knows it's um, probably one of the worst things you could smell. And then especially like you got to go in there, you got to pee, you got to deal with it. Or if you're in one of these terrible situations where there's loads of the filled porta potties in a row, and you there's no winter, um, summertime, summertime, oh yeah. So I, I'm just getting absolutely filthy here. I just got grease filled hair. I got mm-hmm. shit smell just pumping through my nose every day. Life is not looking too good at the moment. You go to a concert and it's like, all right. Jim is in the porta potty. Scott, go in there and feel his hair. This is the other thing too. Like all in all other aspects of life, like I'm just like, like I said, like say I'm going to give my wife a kiss good night. You know, my son a kiss good night. I, I just have shit pumping, pumping through my nostrils as I'm doing that. I feel like it's going to start to affect every other aspect of my life. That's why it's the inconvenient strap, Scott. It is. I came to play. <laughs> all right. Well. Oh, Team Scott is up. All right, Mike. I went with a very specific smell here. Um, One that we don't smell too often, but when we do, 
it drives everyone crazy. It's very distinct. Mike, you are going to smell burnt hair for the rest of your life. You're going to smell mm. the smell of when hair burns. If you've ever smelled when hair burns, it smells horrible for some reason, which I don't quite get. Maybe the greasy hair guy. Um, yeah. yeah. His, it just sparks up and <laughs> it's just a flame. Yeah, but anytime you, uh, even if you've ever, like you ever light a grill or something and it blew up and like singed your arm hair or something, it mm. smells horrific um and i think for the rest of your life you're going to be smelling burnt hair all those other smells you're going to be dealing with in life so i think i'm going to deal you just constant burning hair all day long Ooh, okay okay it's unique and i feel it's gonna be one of those things it's kind of like as we discuss where at least like once a day it's gonna happen i i know i'll just be like like being at the copier at work and just like Oh, there it is. Oh, every day. Just like hinder my day. Yep. Yep. So so burnt hair is in Team Brennan here. Okay. All right, Scott, with me coming up here, let's let's hear some things. I think that will be our next round here. Okay. So hearing I took it... (laughs) I, I took this a little differently. So this is going to be something that is... Well, oh, hold on. Ah, oh, the pick is in. The pick is in, Mike. Um, I am going to put something like an an earworm into your head every day. Okay. Um, now, we all have had terrible songs that were humming, can't get them out of our head. Um, so now every day you're just going through life with this pummeled into your ear and i was trying to think of some songs that would drive me crazy okay and i came across a couple things i was think that's good that's good but for some reason i went for a real old timey song old timey are you familiar with the (laughs) with the boogie woogie bugle boy from company b yes i am scott yeah do you like that song i kind of do do you Okay. I do. Well, let's let's pump it in your ear for a little bit and just try to uh-huh. imagine. Like, I like this song, but, like, right there, like, the intro, I can tell, like, three months from now, and be like, oh, oh my God. Here Th- it comes. This is the song, like, murders can happen to after a while. Now, I will admit, it starts off pretty, pretty decent. There's a trumpet, and you're like, okay. Mm-hmm. I think it's when the lyrics officially come in that it's going to get real obnoxious, okay? Okay. So far, you're in. You're okay. He was a famous trumpet man from all Chicago way. He had a boogie style that no one else could play. He was a top man at his craft. But then his number came up and he was gone with the draft. He's in the army now, a blowing reveille. He's the boogie woogie bugle boy of Company B. They made him blow a bugle for his Uncle Sam. It really brought him down because he couldn't jam. The captain seemed to understand. Because the next day the cap went out and drafted a band. And now the company jumps when he plays reveille. He's the boogie woogie bugle boy of Company B. A toot, a toot, a toot, a toot, he blows it a to the bar. In boogie rhythm, he can't blow a note unless a bass and guitar is playing with him. He makes a company jump when he plays reveille. He's the boogie woogie bugle boy of Company B. Okay, so... (laughs) 
it, it gets kind of catchy, right? But then you think of this thing on just repeat all day long. And before you know it, you start saying, I'm the bugle boy of Company B. I'm He's the boogie-woogie bugle boy of Company B. Just over and over and over again in your head for the rest of your life. Yeah, the earworm thing, like when something like an 80s song pops in your head and sometimes repeats and it gets annoying, it's still like, yeah, but I love that. I mean, obviously, this is not my time frame. And Wait, what are you saying? Like, he was a boogie boogie bugle boy of Company B. And when he plays boogie boogie bugle, he was... Oh, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, um... I can tell like only one of the three what's gonna annoy me more. Yeah. I I will say out loud might be a little stretch here. Okay. Might be I'm kind of looking at this, it's like all right, I can see it adding to your team, but Maybe it's like your special teamer, your, <laughs> yeah. your backup linebacker. Yep. I'm not sitting back going, man, this this is going to kill me for the rest of my life, but it, it'll, it'll do its job. I, I just, uh, like all day long. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just this. He can't blow a note if the bass and guitar isn't with us. Yeah, like by like minute and fifteen in, it started getting like they, I feel like they're just freestyling at this point. He's the biggest boy. I can't play a note, you know. Um, yeah, and then just all day long, you're the boogie woogie bugle boy from Company B. Hmm. So that's what that's what I went with. Okay. Okay. So now you got wet socks. Mm-hmm. You're smelling burnt hair, and you're the boogie boogie bugle boy for the rest of your life. How are you saying that? Three things are inconvenience me. I gotta be honest with mm-hmm. you, Scott. All right, Scott. Hold on. Is my- the- oh, wait, is the pick in? Oh. All right, let me hand over the paper. Uh, okay. Right. Okay. Mine, I think, is on a two layer. That's going to get to you, Scott. Two layers. It- uh, two layers. One, the sound is annoying. Ain't the greatest sound in the world. And two, it involves something that I know you're not a big fan of in life. It's just it's you, funny. isn't it? It's just you. No, no. You'll still be... See, the good thing is, I don't pick me, Scott, because you have to hear that and me mm. on certain occasions. So that's right. what's the fun of it. Scott... Or at some point every day for the rest of your life, you're going to hear a dental drill. Hmm. See, this one is interesting because it brings the other senses into it. Because I hear the dental drill, I think of terrible past experiences I've had. I had a, a dental drill stuck that landed on my tongue one time when the I, I uh, freaked out because I hit a nerve. I've had broken teeth. The dentist brings back. Yeah, so every day that's going to be wearing at me and bring up terrible memories. The only thing I could hope is that I'm hearing it every day. Maybe it has the reverse effect. 
and makes me get used to the dental drill. So I'm not so afraid to go to the dentist. I don't know, man. It, it pops <laughs> up in the right places. Like you're, you have one of those nights. It's like, man, I can't turn over. I can't go to sleep. And you're like, <laughs> seconds away. You're like, that's oh, every every night for me. Yes. And then that dental drill just blasts in your ears. You know what? You, you know what? Uh, I almost feel like a misstep for you. If I would have felt the dental drill every single day, that would be mm. horrific. Every day, just get your teeth drilled. Oh. And, I mean, that'd be obvious, but I like my greasy hair. <laughs> I really like it. Yeah. I like you holding on to that greasy hair, hearing the drill while you smell a, a used porta potty. I got to be honest with you. Yeah. I mean, I'm not saying life is 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 good at all at this point. I pretty much am going to kill myself when I'm kissing my son goodnight for bed and I just smell a latrine full of shit. But, yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I could see where that would get annoying and bring back memories. The only thing I could hope to is get used to that. Where, do you ever get used to the Bugle Boy from, <laughs> from like, ever? <sighs> Because it starts going to be in waves. What was right that? There. Remember that episode of The Walking Dead where it wasn't going? It was kind of in the middle where it wasn't. It wasn't very good anymore. But Daryl got trapped in that prison, and they just played that song over and over and over and mm-hmm. over again. That's what I'm thinking for you. Like I'm thinking you're going to hear that and just rage is just going to to come. Like, I think it'll, it'll be, like, waves. Like, at the beginning, like I said, as we're, like, talking about it, I'm like, ah, this ain't bad. And, like, three months from now, it's like, oh, my God, get out of here. And then maybe six months, I'm laughing. Ha, 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 I'm used to it. Then nine months, shut up about this Bugle Boy. <laughs> Goddamn Bugle Boy. What did you call me, wife? I'm not a Bugle Boy. I'm not the Bugle Boy. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I can see it. All right. I think it's pretty close here. I think it, and it's pretty close. We've got two rounds to go. Um, I'm choosing the topic, correct? That is correct. All right. Um, all right, Mike. I am going to go with sight. Sight. What are you going to see or not see? Um, you are up. Um, and I think the pick officially came in. It just came in. All right, Scott, I got a decent memory when it comes to conversations on this podcast. Do you? I, I, I feel I do. I feel I do. I won't remember our guest names or what they did, but I do know certain stupid things that came up. And I feel I recall this stupid thing with something you said to yourself, I really don't like this, and it's very specific. And uh, oh, okay. I'm going to make sure you... Uh, see it every day for the rest of your life scott scott you're gonna have to stare at a picture of something with a bunch of small holes in it yeah yeah i knew you were going there when you said you remember me saying yeah the whole the tryptophobia thing i don't like you know it's funny because i I always felt like i was alone on this issue until like the internet kind of really got booming when social and apparently other people suffer through it um things with with small holes that um have have different shapes to them like big hole small hole little like 
those those little thing like pictures people put out or like people would be like oh if they were fake pictures like your skin's gonna look like this or this terror they're all fake but they really freaked me out um the only thing i would say is that i'm not i'm not like super feel fearful it just makes me uncomfortable so i think i'm gonna get that little uncomfortable feeling a lot but would you say you would be inconvenienced oh yeah i would be inconvenienced yeah it wouldn't it wouldn't be good that's the point it wouldn't be good petrify you scott i'm just gonna make your day pretty bad you're just gonna nudge me a little bit a little Mm -hmm. like oh yeah i'm still here i'm still wouldn't it be great if you once if there were small holes in the head of the greasy hair oh like greasy hair (laughs) coming greasy hair coming out of the small holes oh (laughs) i just vomited i i got um, wouldn't it be great if like we had the controls to do this like once a day I could press a button and be like, all right, you know what Mike needs right now? A little bit of burnt hair. <laughs> Dial it up, baby, and it just pumps into your re- your you know your vents. Yeah. Just walking around they damn it, press the button. Damn yeah. it. Left my button at home. Dang it. Like I'll have to get him later. If I told you like Mike, uh yeah, I got a day off today, I'm so excited, and you were just like like I'd be watching something on the TV and you just you press the, the small hole button. I'm like, oh, come on. Or like, you know, it's my anniversary. And you're like, here comes the greasy man. Like, you- <laughs> what, what is your anniversary? I got a schedule. No, 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 no. I'm not telling you. Um, all right. I like that. I like that. Um, all right, Mike. I, I, I also thought a little, well. pick is in the pick is in um so for the rest of your life you're gonna look at other people right you see you you see people everywhere but that's your pick people no 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 these people you're only able to see yourself so every time you look at somebody else you see just mike verlo so, all, oh. <laughs> so everybody, you see a crowd, they're all just Mike Burley's running. Now, this could backfire me because you have a huge God, God complex, and you're probably like, this is awesome. Mm. But, you know, you gotta, you wake up, you know, nice morning, go to look at your beautiful wife. But instead, all you see is yourself. It's like looking me. in a mirror at all times. So, Anything. Any, you're watching TV. Guess what? <laughs> you're not looking at Robert Downey Jr. You're looking at Mike Burlew playing every single <laughs> character. Michael Burlew's Avengers, one man <laughs> Yeah, this was my big, like, late round pick that I think would drive a man insane. Yeah. I, <laughs> not, did you ever see uh, Beam John Malkovich? Yeah, of course, yeah. Yeah, the the scene where he goes into his own brain. Yes, yes. Everybody like that. Yeah, I could see that getting to me, like especially like trying to be intimate with the wife. And oh God, being myself, like going to work and like something that pisses me off, but at the same time they look as me. <laughs> like I could, I could see that playing games with me, Scott. Yeah, imagine, imagine. I, I kind of like that pick. Yeah. <laughs> The night comes, you're playing a little grab ass, you're, you know, you're rubbing the shoulders and then you're like, no, 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 don't, don't look, don't look down. You're just looking straight down the entire time because you know what? It's just you. 
all the time. No one looks We're different. We're do stuff, but let's not look at each other, okay? It's, it's not going to work. Yeah, you're watching football. The guy takes his helmet off. He's angry. He slams it on the ground. You know what? It's just Mike Burlew. <laughs> the halftime show, Mike, the halftime show every year is just you. <laughs> every single... Hey, pregnant black me. <laughs> <in> your... <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. If we, if we still named episodes, it would be called Pregnant Black Me. Um, <laughs> with Kyle Troop, yeah, it with Kyle Troop, yeah. <laughs> now that was my like home run pick that I had in, in in the can. I'm like that would drive anybody mad. I mean that that was some scientific stuff there. I say bravo to you, sir. You you earned that pick. Thank you, thank you. All right, well we've come we've come to the last round, Mike. Mm. Which is the sense of, um, there's no pick here. It's the uh, taste. sense of taste. Sense of hmm. taste. You are up first, my friend. All right. Let me just write this down on a card, bring it to my person. He's going to run it up to the commissioner of the inconvenience draft. Yep, yep, yep. Everybody's booing Roger Goodell right now. All right. All right. The sound was just playing on repeat, but okay. Here we go. <laughs> was it the Bugle Boy song? I couldn't hear it. No, that's for you, buddy. That's for you. Oh, yeah. You can hear it all day long. I know. I know. Uh, thought a lot of ways to go with this one. Went with some obvious ones. Went with some weird ones. Like I was thinking about that maggot cheese uh, they have in uh, Europe. Right. Or something like that. But I'm going to go a little outside the circle uh, because I found apparently people have tried this in their put it in their mouth and it's uh, acidy and it gives you weird kind of senses in your mouth when you're putting it in there. Scott, every day for the rest of your life at some point, you're going to taste like you have a battery in your mouth. I thought about battery for this one, like a nine volt. You ever lick a nine volt when you were a kid? You know, gives you a little shock. Yeah. <laughs> kind of tastes a little coppery. Um, yeah, I'm not. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna enjoy life here at yeah. all. Um, it's not earth shattering, but I think it's a good late round pick where it's gonna annoy you with the other stuff combined. Yeah, I'm still probably focused more on the hair. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that I might lick the battery just to like change my senses. <laughs> <You know? laughs> like you're going to use the inconveniences yeah. to do better than the bad inconvenience. Yeah, yeah. Like it. Like I'm taking, I'm taking what I'm living with and making it at uh, least better every day. I thought about yeah. the battery thing. I thought about the battery. Um, it's pretty bad. So let's review my situation here. Okay, let's mm-hmm. re- let's review. I'm going to see small holes everywhere okay i am going to taste um a battery every day in my mouth Mm -hmm. i'm going to feel (laughs) a greasy man's hair or greasy woman's hair just greasy hair Mm -hmm. all day long greasy hair okay and i'm going to hear a dentist drill Mm -hmm. non-stop okay how's your day going buddy 
Life's not very good, man. I mean, the odds of me killing myself are pretty good. Um, you know, that's how I win the inconvenience trap. Yeah, well, that's the ultimate. It just keeps going until one of us kills herself. Yeah, isn't that the ultimate winner? Is yeah. the person that kills himself? All right, Mike. So my last pick was was a good one, but I think I also have something here that might take a little interpretation. But the pick is in. All right. All right. So, Mike, here's the thing. This is going to sound weird, but for the rest of your life, you are going to taste toothpaste in your mouth. Okay? Mm. Now, straightforward, that doesn't sound that bad, right? You're minty fresh. Yeah, yeah. Mm. But now let's start to think about all the things that are going to happen. Okay? You go to wake up, you have a nice glass of orange juice you got doesn't tooth- work well with the toothpaste you got no. toothpaste going in you go and get a nice cup of joe it's horrible just toothpaste. burning mintiness yeah. in my mouth you yeah. go to eat a nice caesar salad <laughs> toothpaste you're going to cut a steak up right and you just got minty wintergreen it's just flowing crest yeah. into your mouth non-stop you go to have a beer, Mike. You remember how you like a nice IPA or an amber? Mm-hmm. Well, no longer anymore, buddy. You're just getting a, toothpaste it's a, pumped it's a crest into stout. <laughs> yeah. So every it, without it, with without doing anything, you're like, my breath is amazing. This is fine. I got toothpaste in my mouth. But every other thing you drink or eat is pretty much going to be devastated for the rest of your life yeah you yeah. got a lot of slow burn madness yeah. in your pecs <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, mean, I, I see yeah. where, like i see the vision you're going with here uh-huh. like the first couple days i'm probably laughing at you like yeah. man your draft picks didn't come through i'm fine i'm just going through my day yeah. and then it just everything's just gonna multiply and with the with the the bugle boy blasting in my ears and all my my feet are all wrinkled up from my wet socks yes i mean yeah i mean this you got a good psychological game going on here now we're on two different planes i think i hit some good home runs tonight but you're like i'm gonna get you in the end Yeah, so let's go through yours. You're uh, you're only seeing yourself, which is yep. horrific. Mm-hmm. Um, you're only tasting toothpaste, which sounds so good. Um, and let's see, you are you're only feeling wet socks for the rest of your life. Um, you are only hearing the boogie woogie bugle boy from Company B, and you are only smelling burnt hair for the rest of your life so i uh i don't know man i don't know i guess we could let our fans decide who who got the draft uh the fans should decide i think basically it's the difference between like let's look at it like a horror some people love the straight out slashers some like the psychological ghosts kind of things right here. I feel the slasher fans are going to see the home runs I had. Mm-hmm. I think the psychologicals are going to say like, man, I'm going to 
be driven nuts within two weeks. Yeah. Yeah. I think long term, I have a chance of adjusting to these things. Um, I think long term, you're you're going to descend into madness. You're just going to be the most awful person in the entire world. Um, especially, especially when you're just seeing yourself every single day. Yeah, yeah, and that'll be fun for the first week. I gotta admit, that. And I'm gonna be like, it's me again. <laughs> you're watching like the Mandalorian. You're like, this is so cool. And then, you know who's under that mask, babe? <laughs> me. <laughs> but then, meanwhile, babe is also you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what's gonna. I'm gonna be excited for the mask thing, and then turn I'm like, oh yeah, that. Yeah, uh, yeah. Even even maybe your dogs. I don't know. Maybe they're looking at you with three burlu face. Oh my god! Oh, <laughs> imagine giving that to me. Yeah, 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 yeah. Imagine giving. I your, need a ruling on that. Yeah, that that's a little outside. I don't know, but imagine giving belly scratches to yourself. <laughs> You're a good girl. Good girl, it's me. <laughs> Anyway, we got to get out of here, guys. Uh, Mike, anything to promote before we go? I'll just promote my favorite coffee house, Barrel House Coffee Company in Ballground, Georgia. They barrel age their coffee to make it smoother, delicious. They have all the different varieties of flavors there. Not some of the nicest people. It's military owned. If you buy their apparel, as you may see, Scott, I have their hat on there. You get 20% off your order. They also give you a punch card after 10 drinks. Guess what? You get one free. So nice people. I drive an, over an hour to go see them on the weekend sometime. That's how good they are, and you should support them if you're down here in Georgia. Barrel House Coffee Company. How are you going to feel when you're sitting in wet socks in line and all the baristas are just you? Uh, I mean, I think I'll be fine until I sip my coffee and Buell Boys are <laughs> shooting out again. <laughs> You're like, oh yeah, yeah. I want to. They play nice music here. Nope, the Bugle Boy for the rest of your life. This is not New Age. I'm realizing I had very like serial killer answers, like very, very like yeah. No. Anyway, um, I will promote um, Jessica Kirsten. She uh, canceled in February. She had like a TV thing going on, but she is going to come to Tap House in May. Um, on May, let me just get the date right to make sure. Uh, I believe it's May 13th. Hold on. I know this is great radio. May 18th. Um, she's one of the funniest comics in the country. There are tickets available because of some cancellations. It was sold out before. It will 100% be sold out. Um, so go get the, There's a three-course dinner. Um, call Tap House 15 in Jefferson, New Jersey, and it'll be a great night of comedy. Other than that, um, guys, I, I want to thank um, I want to thank Kyle for coming on the show, um, and we have a lot of amazing. I think we're booked through April now, Mike. So we have April, yeah. a ton of cool stuff coming on. So um, it continues. I hope we you guys had a good time with us. Other than that, guys, life is funny. Laugh at it. Keep the wind at your back. Happy birthday to my greasy noser hosers up in Canada.
listening to verbal shenanigans. 